episode 77 of the All the Books Show, just, the official podcast of the David A. Hell Public Library, where we leaning. talk book news, literary news, and author news. You're like I'm the leaning Eric tower Nichols, of pizza. I'm with Nick me Gunning. Is Nick Gunning. Eric's leaning really far over to well, try I've to catch reach his the mic. microphone because I'm sharing it. With our special guest. Five time guest? Four. This four is time fourth. guest. Yep. All right, four time guest. My brother Steve. Steve, say hello. Hello. So Steve joined us in the past on what? Michael Connolly. Star Trek and Star Trek. Grisham. Grisham, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Since Thug we Grish. last since we last talked Grisham, have you updated? Have you read Rogue Lawyer or uh The Whistler? Have you read either of those? I have not. Ah, well, you're not missing much, so that's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Uh today we're gonna dig into some Dan Brown. We're gonna we're gonna follow an intricate series of Renaissance era clues <laughs> and get to the bottom yeah. of the enigma that is yeah. Dan Brown. Yeah. It, it's like uh it's two thousand Two that all seems over right. again? Sure, that seems I right. can't remember when that They're came out. old. They've been coming out a long time. 2004. Uh, da Vinci Code, the movie, came out in 2006. Is that right, Steve? Yeah. I think that so. can't yeah. be true. It yeah, is. so like 10, year, 10 years now. Lo- but I watched the over. South Park episode. Within the last 10 years. Yeah, it must, well, must I have guess been. so. Okay. I would have thought 2005. All right. So we're going to dig into Dan Brown a little bit later. Before we snatch into that, though, I want to... <laughs> Mentioned the Barnes and Noble uh, Discover Awards. The finalists have been nominated. So this is not an awards that we. How come uh, you're wearing a Barnes and Noble T-shirt while saying this? Oh yeah, I am. How come that Barnes and Noble uh, executive just came by with a giant check for you? Sponsorship. Just to be clear, this is not sponsorship. But I did want to mention the Discover Awards. This is where, um, oh, people can booksellers can submit upcoming fiction and nonfiction. Publishers can submit. And then Barnes & Noble has a panel, and they pick a couple, and then they feature those books, like, for the year. Uh, So there's a lot of good uh, past winners. Right now, they're just in the finalist stage. So these are some books to to check out. Okay. Uh, Blood at the Root by Patrick Phillips. Uh, Subtitle, A Racial Cleansing in America. So probably not a light beach read. I wouldn't suggest, you know, taking this. uh... I don't read on the beach. I think we've talked about this before. But I'm not going to take, like, a book to the beach. Yeah. Just you, not going to do it. You got to be like a parent in their forties. Yeah, they go to the beach. Their kids playing with friends. They're mm. just sitting back. You know. Yeah, but I feel like That's you got to be like a single parent for that. Do you think? Yeah, I can't. Like I don't know. I just talk, or I would nap, or I just build a sandcastle. There's yeah. so well, much that, to do at the beach. That's walk just you. down the water, play in the water. Yeah. Swim in the water and hope there's no sharks. Uh, Sorry, you just that's trying okay. to go through no, this thing. No, that's Beach all right. Uh, an, a finalist in fiction, Homegoing by Yagyasi. Now, this is one that was also a Goodreads Choice Award. I don't know that it won, but it was in the top. We discussed this. It used to be a name, too. Uh, another, butchered it. Another nonfiction, <laughs> Lab Girl by Hope Jaren. Uh, and fiction, The Light Keepers by Abby Genny. And finally, uh, finalist in fiction, Shelter by Jung Yoon. So... Uh, they'll they'll pick some books and we'll we'll check back in when they do that yeah. and talk about these. But just a little heads up right now. Those yeah. are those are some new upcoming authors that we're talking about. Let's dig into our bookmarks. I think your Barnes and Noble uh, chauffeur is here as well. Oh, good. Okay, you, great. Yeah, he's, he's a little dinner. late. He's a little late. <laughs> Thank you, Barnes. I don't <laughs> okay. I don't think that's his name. But his name is Barnes. It's part of the it's deal. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the deal. Yeah. Um, well, you are a noble. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Thank you. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about what, what, what we've been reading. What have you been reading? What have you been reading? I can't talk about what we've been reading because of a segment we're going to be. Because of the segment. Okay, yes. Steve. How about you? You finished a good book lately? Um, you did. Yes, I have been. What's I, that? That Brian Cranston book you read? Yes, I just read a life in parts. Brian Cranston. That see that book came out and it puzzled me because I was never like curious about the life of Brian Cranston. Was it good? It was very good. Very interesting. 
had a very different life than you would expect. It was a typical actor story. Huh. He was on the Power Rangers before. He was. He yeah, was? He, he got his uh, got some of his early starts doing voiceover work for the uh, American version of the Power Rangers. He it's why to he, mention that in it's, the life really, of really? Brian Cranston. <laughs> it's why he's uh, it's why he's signed on to do the power play Zordon in the new Power Rangers movie because he feels like it's kind of giving back what? to his start. Weird. Yeah. I don't know if he's like the guy who played like the pudgy pig, like the monsters, yeah. or if he played like actual like reoccurring characters. I just know he did like a few episodes of voice work. And he's like going back to yeah. Zordon. Yeah. Okay. Because that's how. Really yeah. Come full circle here. Yeah, I guess so. So I imagine it was Power Rangers opened the door to Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, that's probably that's, Which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Steve hasn't really seen it, right? I have not. Power Rangers? Well, which one? But... <laughs> no. Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle is so funny. Yeah. I like Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. But I, I kind of like lived him. that life. So. Did you? Well, yeah. Wait, which one were you, though? Uh, I would like to imagine I was Malcolm. Okay. Yeah. It works out that I'm Malcolm and my two brothers fit the other roles oh. very well. Wow. So okay. It's just, I'm the oldest in this situation, so I'm not the middle child. Huh. I feel like I first knew about Brian Cranston from Seinfeld. Tim Watley, he's the dentist. Yeah. The Remember? Dentist, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, enough so about that opened the door. To... <laughs> enough about Brian Cranston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whatever well, case, if you star in Power Rangers, you get to be in Seinfeld. That's right. That's the that's the law of Hollywood. <laughs> uh, I finished a bunch of stuff, uh, mostly graphics. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with the well, graphics. I read graphics. Okay, well I'll come back to you then. <laughs> I read uh, Garfield sixty two. Garfield follows his gut. That doesn't count. It's a collection of the uh, comic strips. No. Not good. As you recall, I thought book 61 was kind of a return <laughs> to form. Recall. But 62, eh, kind of lazy. When did you last talk you about Garfield? You made fun of me for saying that like Garfield got his edge back. You That's vamp- true. You vamped on that oh, for yeah, a I long time. Yeah. That, yeah. Anyway, 62, Garfield's not finally so taking up smoking again. Yeah. I read a few uh, new graphics to our collection, part of this uh, DC Rebirth relaunch character thing. I read the first Nightwing. what's going on then. Do we? I don't know. We got some listeners who don't know and or care. Relaunch. They, okay. They're pretty much just relaunching things. Back in 2011. Oh, no. So long ago. Oh, boy. That's, that is six years ago. Yeah. Uh, back in 2011, DC Comics decided to reboot every single superhero and yep. every comic they had. They relaunched everything at number one uh, with a very weird timeline. Some took place five years before the present. Yeah. Some took place during the present. Yeah. And so you'd have multiple Superman titles taking place at d- different times. Right. None of them were really that good, though. True. Is the problem. Yeah. DC had a diminishing returns as the years went on. And so now they've just rebooted, but instead everything gets a number one again. But yeah. now it's all confusing still because yeah. sometimes it's the new 52 uh, canon. Yeah. And sometimes it's the pre, like, new 52, like very the 90s. Confusing. I think I covered that for most of our listeners by saying relaunch. But thank yeah, you. But for, thank you for going in depth. Anyway. I read Superman and Nightwing. Uh, both were just. Superman was okay. Nightwing was terrible. But these are both series that are going along as if nothing has changed. Is that right? No, the Superman one incorporates, like, Prime Superman and, like, New 52 Superman stuff. It's very confusing. Nightwing pretty much just follows the New 52. I give DC Comics a lot of, uh... What's the word? Credit? No. Flack? Flack. There we go. I give them a lot of flack for not... Like, keeping my interest. But then I remember that, like, I used to never read monthly DC comics. I only used to read, like, specific storylines. Like, this is Superman Red Sun, and it's a mm-hmm. good standalone. And that's all I read. Okay. It's only in these. It's only since the New 52. So I guess they got the job done. Well, all it's right. It's really only since Infinite Crisis. Well, I can't really recommend either of those, but we have them in our collection if you want to read them. I also read Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide Volume 3, which is good. That series is getting cool. 
then graphics aside, uh, I read a book about uh, Barack Obama's presidency called The Stranger by Chuck Todd. Yeah. Chuck Todd of that's Meet, by the, Meet the Press. Uh, Kumis, I believe. No, that's different. It's Albert Camus, and no, it's not that. Camus. Uh, the Stranger by Chuck Todd. It was it was good. I mean, it was it was an overview of like basically the headlines in the yeah. Obama administration. And the thing that I didn't like about it that like prevents me from being like go out and read it was that it never really never really settled into like a premise. It wasn't like we're gonna we're gonna look at this aspect of Barack Obama, and it kind of acted like it was going to do that, right. but then it didn't. So yeah. it w- it felt kind of hollow. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really like compelling reading. Like I wasn't okay. particularly bored. But it wasn't written in like a flowing style that really made you want to keep going. It was so that's uh, kind of a, a lukewarm eh, kind of review there. Uh, the prime minister wrote a companion book uh, about okay. it about some phone calls he had with Barack Obama. Uh-huh. It's called uh, "When a Stranger Calls." Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was so happy. Too, with that. too much lead up now, for such now, little payoff. Yes, enough. When no. a stranger calls, like the movie. Yeah, I know. I Forget understand. It. I understand. Forget about it. that one's free. Making a connection is not necessarily the same as making a joke. And I that think, was so funny. I think you've proved that to because our your listeners book's called today. The I know what it's called. It's yeah. like, sir, a stranger's on the line. Yeah. It's like, oh, I hate it when a stranger calls. Yeah, yeah. Pick it up. Uh, and now to lose my street cred from, <laughs> from reading that serious book, I've cycled back to the Lost Years Star Trek. J.M. Dillard. Have yeah. you read this one, Steve? I don't think so. This is set between the the series and the movies. It's like what happens in between there. Yeah. I've had it forever, and I've, I've started reading it, and then I wanted to read this yeah. Obama book and a few other things. Nick so I likes got to away uh, back. present himself as this cool guy who's putting cigarettes in his uh, shirt sleeves and everything. I don't, I don't but think... yesterday during the Super Bowl, he was reading this Star Trek book yeah. while the game was on. Yeah. So Nick's only so cool. Yeah. Well, it's just uh, the Patriots were doing so poorly for so long <laughs> that there just wasn't much But happening. we came back, baby! I know you did. Congrats yeah, you to all did. my Pats fans. Yes. My yes. fellow Pats fans. It was a good game, I gotta say. Yeah. I was, uh, we, we weren't really, well, I personally wasn't really planning on sitting there and watching the oh, Super Bowl. We were gonna, yeah. like, play games and stuff, yeah. but... You know, the sucked game, you in. it did. It sucked us in. Yeah. We had a good time. Yeah. We had a good time. Our our snack ratios were off. So in future yeah, years, I don't think we've, I don't we'll, we'll have to address we, that. But Like when you list out all the stuff we had, you're like, you should have been fine. Yeah, you should have been. It's, but it's because those mini hot dogs are so many. Yeah. One person just, can eat a whole just went tray right of through. them. Just went right through. Yep. Uh, better than the Super Bowl in high school where I watched the Lois and Clark Marathon in a pocket that TV. Was, so but, that was the Super Bowl. I thought that was just like a regular party. No, it was at. the Super Bowl. Yeah. So what year is this that you were watching a Lois and Clark Marathon on a portable television? I mean, the series was still on, so it must have been like 96. That's, I would have been like 13. Is this with like friends that. or just like a... Yeah, it was friends. Okay. I, it's, it's not as crazy as it sounds. Right. I didn't want to go because I didn't want to watch the Super Bowl. And they were just come. They were just, you know, just come. Just do whatever you want. Just, like, hang out with us. And I was like, okay. So yeah. I did, and I did what I wanted. <laughs> I would stop watching Lois and Clark to watch the Super Bowl commercials, which I got to say were pretty uh, disappointing this year. Yeah, they've gotten pr- not good. Yeah, remember when that used to be a thing? Like, yeah. Super Bowl commercials were good the and internet funny. killed it. Oh. Now everything's like a, like memes. Yeah. Or what the Super Bowl trailers used to be. Yeah. You'd watch a commercial and you we would just share it, but now it's just like You're right. What are we gonna do? It's very astute of you, my friend. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm a commenter on a I couldn't say commenter, no, but you I'm couldn't. a commenter on a modern society. Yes. Yes so. you are. Yes you are. Okay. Uh, is that all you read? 
Yeah, yeah. That I've almost a, seems like a light load for you there, man. I know. I've got a stack of things that I want to read. Oh, I've yeah. got like my list just keeps growing longer and longer. I'm a little ahead in the book club, so well, I'm, like, I'm feeling all this freedom. Because you've read Pelican Brief? No, I haven't, actually. I haven't. Well, that's not ahead at all. Steve, our next book club for page turners is Pelican Brief, which you... I have not read that Haven't one read. No. Okay. Ah, Steve should come to your book Me club. Me neither. And it's one of the like iconic ones. So yeah. I'm kind of looking forward yeah. to reading I it. I want to see your bio a little bit. Yeah. The Denzel group... Washington and Julia Roberts, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The um the book club is like half and half. Like half of the people are like, oh, I love Grisham. And the other half are like, oh, really? And I'm like, yes, read it. <laughs> so. You sound like a anyway. demanding book club leader. But I've already read, uh, I've already read The Underground Railroad and I'd already read the Mary Higgins Clark one we just did. So I've had this like unprecedented yeah. run of like, I can just read whatever I want. Yeah. But now I have to buckle down and read um, Pelican Brief. Okay. And then after You know under, what? I feel after like you just read a Railroad, kid's book I wanted you to comment on. After Underground Railroad, we're doing The Nest by Cynthia Diaprick Sweeney. Uh, okay. I, I did read Go Away or Leave Me Alone, Leave Me Alone, which was one of the... Um, it was one of the, oh boy, Caldecott's maybe? No. One of the honor oh, books okay. that none of us have read. I did read that, and it was very good. But if, if you find it, you can tell me what it is, and I'll comment on okay, it. Okay, yeah. It was a kid's book I thought was pretty funny that you're just reviewing. Okay. Uh, oh, no. It was the fact that you read Danny and the Dinosaur. Yeah. Was this the first time you've read Danny and the Dinosaur? Uh... I don't think that I read it myself as a child, if huh. that's what you're asking. I think I've read it to my son before. I just hadn't marked hmm. it. I'm pretty sure Danny the Dinosaur is the first book I ever read by myself. Really? Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. So. Mine, um, I, ours is just, we have a used copy. I don't even know where it came from. but um, I like to imagine I got it for you. Some of them, and you know, the pictures are just black and white yeah. in there. They're just, but some whoever owned the book before, like, really expertly colored them in with colored pencils. Hmm. And it's so good. Like, the continuity from page to page is like, that kid's shirt is the same color. Good job, <laughs> little kid. All right. So... Yes, I do like Danny and the Dinosaur. And I feel like I've read other things by that author. Was it Sid Hoff? Is that who wrote that? I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. Well, the style is very familiar to me. So, okay. Have you read that one, Steve? Danny and the Dinosaur? Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I like to mix in some classic kids' books. Yeah. I try to get, like, the popular series. We've read, like, all of Seuss. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I try to pick up the stuff that's, like, you know. Have getting, you read But No Elephants yet? Getting starred reviews and stuff. I don't think so. But oh. No Elephants is, like, one of my absolute favorites. Uh, I don't know. The old, the old woman, she keeps buying pets from this guy who sells, and yeah. she keeps buying one pet every time he visits, but she always says no elephants. Yeah. And so at the end, like, the elephant just doesn't have a home. Yeah. So that's she sad. Buys it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. My wife keeps saying I need to do, like, a little kid's book blog because, like, yeah. I've read and rated, like, yeah. <laughs> the whole and, gamut. And you're so vicious things, to some so. of the Clifford books. Yeah. You are merciless to the okay, Clifford books. Okay, here's the thing with the Clifford books, yeah. okay? There's there's a regular old Clifford books, and then every, like, five books or so, it's just a clip show. He uh-huh. just, like, takes random events from other things and puts them together. And then you get to yeah. the end, and it's like, see the full stories at this. I'm like, that's not a book. <laughs> it's not a book at all. It's just like you had extra pages and you right. glued them together. Okay. No, thank you. Okay. Anyway. But you do love clip shows on TV. I don't love clip shows. Nobody loves clip shows on Some TV. Some people do. Not a person. Okay. Not a single person. <laughs> the actors who don't have to work that week. Oh, probably yeah, like, They just, just have to sit paid. at a table and be like, yeah. remember that time we... Yeah. We should do a clip show. All the books clip show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Do you Especially wanna... this dynamite... Uh, minute right here. Yeah, I know. It's really good. <laughs> Do you through. want to talk about the things that you read that we jumped over? Yeah, sorry. I, I There were some graphics. Dig I read uh, 100 Bullets last night. I thought you did not like this series. I don't. Why do you keep reading it? Because I've read seven of them, Nick. Okay, I'm not but... just going to stop the series halfway through. 
It's Halfway? Just, you have to read seven more? It, well, six more. Oh, my gosh. You don't like the series and you're going to read six I more? I don't love it, but every now and then it's slightly interesting. That's buried cost, my friend. You're never going to get that time back. I guess. Reading more books will not make you unread the first or make you like the first <laughs> retroactively. No, it's fine. No, you need to give up. It's not my thing, but I've just been reading. It's the same thing with this other series called DMZ. I've just uh, been reading it for ever since like 2005. DMZ? Yeah, Dead Man's Zone. Oh, boy. Um, well, it, it's a very political one. It's okay. about an American Civil War. It's not a fun comic to read these Have days. you read Invisible Republic yet? Yeah, I read Volume 1. Okay. A while ago. We gotta get Volume 2, or is it not out yet? I don't know. Okay, well, I read uh, 100 Bullets. I read some Flash comics, which are just not good. Blah. The New 52 run. Yeah. read a Batman one. Uh, I think this is the second to last one of Scott Snyder's. Okay. Not great. Very redundant. Batman stopped being Batman for a little bit, which we have Ooh, seen a hundred times. Wow. In fact, I feel like we just did five years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I also read um, volume one of this series called The Green Hornet. <gasps> yeah. You guys aren't singing the Green Hornet theme song with me. Is that the theme song? Yeah, that's the theme song. Are there words? No. Oh. Driving in his Buick. It's the Green yeah. Hornet. He can do it. He's yeah. got his friend, Kato. Yeah. Isn't he real neato? Did you ever watch that show, Steve? No. no. It was on like concurrently with the Adam West Batman I just show. Saw the guest appearance. You saw the crossover? The yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Told that's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all. So did, I read it. Did you like the series? It's so nineties. Yeah, it is. It's like it it feels Blank Man, the old uh oh, which Wayne's brother is Blank I Man? I think that's Damon Wayne's. Damon Wayne's Blank yeah. Man. Yeah. It almost feels like that in terms of his story structure. <laughs> it's just so it's so nineties, the way like the action Yeah. Builds just the structure, the interactions, the. But you know what else kind of has that '90s vibe about it? I don't. Is the fact that uh, it it kind of reminds me of like Batman Beyond and Mask of Zorro. Like oh, those 90s, yeah, yeah. Like uh, he's passing it on. To yeah, the, new, the shadow. Yeah. Though I don't think the shadow passed it on. Yeah, but it just. I mean, it's cool. It has that '90s. It has that pulp hero action that the 90s had done hey you preach so, to the choir i know you kind of wish this had been the movie that they had made in the 90s i do yeah that would then been we great. could then we could be watching green hornet the shadow yeah. phantom yeah. rocketeer we could be having a 90s pulp yeah, marathon that would be great i haven't read the second volume which concludes this storyline yeah you should read the second i don't one. love kevin smith's uh humor because mm. every now and okay i mean he just has like these gangsters talk and use language that if you listen to kevin smith talk you're like that's just something kevin smith says right it's cool but no right. one else would say that i would never refer to something awesome as what he uses instead right. and i'm not yeah. going to repeat it good for you but uh yeah but it's 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 fine I think it's worth reading the concluding volume i don't think you'd yeah. like the whole series as okay. a whole probably um but it, i, I do like the whole like, we do have this series in our collection though folks so i, like I would encourage you to read it taking over the uh, yeah the legacy it's fun so. it's just like a fun enjoyable you yeah. should read them steve so let me is this the script he was yes. gonna film yeah and then he just chickened out because he's kind of a lazy guy yes okay yeah and then it was just laying around and they were like well they did that with uh he wrote a script for a bionic man too or bionic <laughs> woman like one of the two all right and they did the same thing image turned or dynamite turned into a, a series all right well there you go okay that's it yes well take us into book news oh boy what do you got? i'm so excited S- steve you get to be here for book news this time i mean technically as we brought up you've been here the whole episode yeah, before, and we just, just had you stay quiet in the just corner. Just sitting mutely, not acknowledging <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Steve, Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't know, because we had you locked in the closet last time, these yeah. are the books that are coming out uh, February 7th, okay. 2017. These will be available this week or, you know, next Whenever, week. Whenever you're yeah. listening to it. So, we got a book 
Uh, I'm, I'll come back to this one. Oh, well. We have a separation. Strong start. Uh, yeah. Separation by Katie uh, Kutuma. I brought it up because the cover looks like fire. Steve mm. is here to back me up. This this is a fiery cover. It is indeed. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> well, now I believe it. All right. Uh, All Are Wrong Todays by Ellen Mustai. That's a that's a Elon uncomfortable title. All Are Wrong Todays? Yeah, it's like the rural juror. <laughs> yes. It's a thrilling tale of time travel and alternate timelines. Oh, I do like with... me some time travel. Do you like alternate timelines? Yeah. Okay, as long as Doc Brown is there with a the chalkboard to explain yeah. how the alternate timeline yeah. works. Uh, timelines with a refreshingly optimistic view of humanity's future. That is a uh, blurb from Andy Weir of The Martian. Oh. So if he likes it and you don't, who do you think you are? Yeah, good question. So... You gonna read this? I like time travel and I like alternate timelines, but as I've been learning, I just, I'm just having problems with optimistic views of humanity these yeah. past few yeah. months. Yeah, don't make us sad, please. All right, I just it, it's just happened. I'm having a hard time like finding a sci-fi book I want to read now because mm. like I used to read it like because I was like, oh maybe someday us, and now I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Desperation Road. Oh, jeez. I know sad. this road a lot. Yeah, <laughs> well, seriously. All right. Uh, it's by Michael Ferris Smith. Uh, guess what this is in the vein of? What? Winter's Bone <gasps> and the works of Ron Rash. I've never read this. I never read the book Winter's Bone, but I did like the movie. Okay. That was like Jennifer Lawrence coming out party. Yeah. Either that or the Billing Ball show. I think that was her. Okay. <laughs> it's a uh, novel set in the tough and tumble Mississippi town where drugs, whiskey, guns, and the desire for revenge that sounds violently right. intersect. Well, that's because the stoplight hasn't been working there for 11 years. Hmm. So, yeah. Vi- violence doesn't know if it has the right no. way. Yeah. Drugs never stop. It's just trying to yeah. yield and yeah. merge into You're always traffic. like, whiskey yield. He's like, they'll yield for me. Oh, whoa. <laughs> All right. Uh, Echoes in Death. This is a depressing book news. This is about Echo the Dolphin? Yes, this is about Echo the Dolphin from wow. the old Sega Genesis wow. system. Sega Genesis, He's that's back great. in book form. Better than ever. Uh, Echoes and Death by J.D. Robb. Ah, Otherwise yes. Otherwise known as... Nora Roberts. Nora Roberts. Yeah. Queen of Nick's Heart? I think you established last week that that's Stephanie Meyer for some reason. That's true, yeah. But, well, I don't know. I guess she's just the queen of your life. Yeah. Like She's just well, like, I Nick, mean, fetch me my slippers. That's weird. I don't know why I came up with slippers. You're not a retriever. You're a golden being, retriever. You're being weird is what All I right. know. The chilling new suspense novel from number one New York Times bestselling author J.D. Robb is the perfect entry point into the compelling in-depth police procedural series well, featuring good. Lieutenant Eve Dallas. If that wasn't an entry point, you'd have to read like 60 books of, before yeah. that just yeah. to get there. Yep. Who's got that kind of time? Uh, J.D. Robb. <laughs> Maybe when we do our Nora Roberts spotlight, we can talk about... That's not a thing that's going to happen. Oh, well, it might. Maybe it will. <laughs> like someday one of us picks up a Nora Roberts like, hey, you know what? she's onto something. She's got it. She's got it. Yeah. Her new fantasy series is like weirdly popular. So What is maybe. that one? Oh, I don't even remember. It's okay. a trilogy. All right. Uh, My Not-So-Perfect Life. Uh-oh. That's all. Oh, okay. No, this is a book. My Not-So-Perfect Life by Sophie... Uh, Kinsala. Oh. So, author of the Shopaholic series. Yeah. Um, this is a fiction story. For a second, I thought it was going to be a biography or something. Yeah. Autobiography. But yeah. it's not. It's another fiction story. Okay. Um, so, there you go. Have you ever read any of these books? Sophie Kinsella? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this. I, I listened to an audiobook on a trip, and it was a British woman reading it. 
and oh. like the the male like love interest was an American man, uh-huh. and the woman like the British woman trying to do an American oh, man's right. voice. He was just like, "I love you so much, I'm a man." <laughs> so he was just like really slow and boring yeah. and dull. Okay. So we kind of got into it, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you'd say it was all your wrong today. Also on that trip, we listened to a Michael Crichton, and one of the characters' name was Per Anerson, and we just couldn't stop laughing about what it. What book was that? <laughs> I don't know. Was that Next, maybe? Or Prey? I don't know. One of those two. One of those two with a red and white cover. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. All right. But it's... I'm sure reading it, you wouldn't think about it, but just saying Per Anerson over and over again. Yeah. This is funny. You're a 10-year-old is what we learned. <laughs> yeah, thank you. What else you got? Uh, I was trying to look up what the book this is, oh. but we'll come back to it. Okay. Uh, State of Fear? Pray. That's what I said. I don't know. They're just throwing a whole bunch of stuff Okay. Uh, let's see. Robert B. Parker's revelation <gasps> is that he's passed on. And his oh, still no. Oh, uh, boy. Robert by Robert Knott. Oh, So no. this is a lawman. Robert, not my Parker. Oh, you're not going to be happy about this. Lawman Virgil Cole yeah. and Everett Hitch return yeah. to confront an escaped criminal in the grittiest entry yet. Hmm. Steve, you've read some Robert Parker. Yes. Have you read any of the Virgil Cole, Everett no, Hitch? No, I have not. Appaloosa is very good. It's the first book in the, the series. I think Parker wrote four, and then Robert Knott continued the series in a non-acceptable way. His writing style, I don't like different. I don't like it. Yeah, it doesn't feel the same at all. Sorry, man. But they are still popular, so you know, I'm glad for the people who can get behind it. Good for you. Uh, Rush of Blood by Mark Billingham. Are you familiar with this author? No. I looked up his bibliography. Okay. He's written a whole bunch of stuff, and I feel like we've seen it. Okay. Anyways, the tag is uh, Perfect Strangers, A Perfect Holiday, The Perfect Murder. Mm. Nothing like Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> Cousin Larry Appleton? Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Hey. Belky. Um, Whatever. The Book Thieves. Oh, sequel? No. Like Anaconda Anacondas? Or Predator Predators? Alien Aliens? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, no, stop, stop. Uh, we did it. We hit it. We hit it right. Don't. Okay. The Book Thieves, the Nazi looting of Europe's libraries and the race to return a literary inheritance by Anders Reidel. Hmm. So for readers of The Monuments Men and The Hair with Amber Eyes, the story of the Nazi systematic pillaging of Europe's libraries and the small team of heroic librarians now working to return <gasps> the stolen books to their rightful owners. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They wrote a book about us? Yes. We time traveled through alternate dimensions yeah. in that other book. That's true. Helped these books and then came back here. Yeah. Talk about it. There we go. Um, I don't know. The Book's Thieves. Like, I saw that. I'm like, so this has no connection to The Book Thief. No. Which everybody, like, Very knows. Popular There's a movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a young adult book. Like, yeah. kids read it in school. Anyway. Uh, we got Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing so about that. So I guess this is yeah. him just, like, telling Norse mythology straight. Oh, boy. But, like, okay. you know, giving his own Neil Gaiman. I'm Sounds actually, I'm excited really for this one. I like Norse Mythology. Okay. But the old texts are hard to read, my friend. Yeah, well, so. maybe Neil Gaiman will make them approachable for yeah. you in your own life. All right. Uh, Neil Gaiman fans, you can go back and check out our Neil Gaiman Spotlight. Yeah. In past it's one of episode. our most popular episodes. It is one of our more popular. Yeah. That and Neil Simon. Yeah. We need to find another Neil and yeah. do a spotlight on it because it's really What's working. Neil I can't think a of a single other one. Neil There's got to be one. Norman Now's not the Mailer? time. Stop. <laughs> there's no Neil in that name at no, all. No, there's not. Um, a Book of American Martyrs by Joyce, Joyce Carol Oates. Yes. And my close personal friend. If Nick could ever go back in time and marry somebody while they're Whoa. in their 20s, Whoa. it would be Joyce Carol Oates. I don't think that's true. That's not true? No, we're just friends. 
You and Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah, we're just friends. You want to go back in time? And marry, like, Joyce, hi, I'm Nick Gunning. And marry and just, her? No. Yeah. I mean, I would go back in time for other reasons. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe I'd like one. catch an Elvis show, maybe. Oh, yeah, sure. See Bye Bye Birdie on Broadway. Yeah, have him sign a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would screw it up and have him sign, like, CDs and things. Yeah. So He's like, I'd be like, no, Elvis really signed these. <laughs> CDs weren't even invented at that time. All right. Here, I'm going to retire the bit where I say you're in love with any of the authors. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait, one more time? Maybe. Okay. We'll see. All right. If, if one comes up. Okay. But... I feel like I topped it with uh, saying you write fan fiction about you and Stephanie Meyer. It was good. Which isn't, yeah. So anyways, do you know anything about A Book of American Martyrs by Joyce Carol Oates? Yeah, I do. Do you want me to tell you about it? Uh, it's a stunning, timely depiction of issues hotly debated on a national stage, by, yeah. but which makes itself felt most lastingly in communities torn apart by violence and hatred. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's going to be a tough read, but I do want to read it. Mm. You like a tough read. Yeah. I got some young adult books. Okay. Nowhere Near You by Leah Thomas. This Leah a, Thompson? No, Leah Thomas. From Back to the Future? You're not listening. And Leah, Howard the Duck? Leah, mm, I don't think she's happy with you saying <laughs> Sorry. Howard the Duck. And Caroline in the City? Okay, yeah. yeah. No, she's fine with Howard the Duck. I think she's yeah. she's come back yeah. around. She just gave her likeness rights for the comic book series. Oh, that's true. Uh, this is Nowhere Near You is a sequel to Because You'll Never Meet Me. We're getting both those books in our collection very soon. I'll take them both. Uh, Starfall by Melissa Landers. Uh, this is a sequel to Starflight which is a book we have in our collection, and this I book think is coming out right It's a prequel to Star Witch. Is that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Winter Song, a novel by S.J. Jones. We're also getting this in our collection. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Marie Lou. She writes the uh, leg- uh, legendary series. She says, Winter Song is a maze of beauty and darkness, of music and magic and glittering things, all tied together with exquisite writing. This is a world you want. you will want to say lost in. I don't know. Like when you okay. say something is like a maze of beauty and darkness, of music and magic and glittering things, <laughs> what does that tell me about anything? It just tells me that yeah. you yourself think of yourself as a poet <laughs> and that this bu- book is probably going to be a very emotional time. You're, you're going harsh. All right. Uh, and then we got King's Cage, which is what we have to call Nick's office. King, the King's Cage? The yeah. King's Cage. You do have to call it that. Back to the King's Cage. That's right. Uh, this is by Victoria Aveyard. Do you know what this is for? Uh, the king from his cage does not know. Uh, <laughs> this is book three of the Red Queen series. Oh, okay. Red Queen, uh, Glass Sword, yeah. The Broken Crown, mm-hmm. Cruel Crown. I'm sorry, Cruel Crown, everybody. Glass Sword, King's Cage. King's Cage is the third book. Okay. So, very popular series. Somebody just asked me if we had this last week. Book wasn't even out yet. That's crazy. I told them to never come back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, no. I was like, listen, no, we don't want your no, kind. You sh- that's not what we do. Really? You want them to come. Oh! Our whole model is about people coming here. Can I tell you something? Yeah. That explains why nobody checks out my books. Oh, darn it. Every time they ask if I have something, I just tell them to leave. I've Even if so I have clear. the book. I've been so clear about yeah. this. People are like, do you have any of the Harry Potters? I'm like, get out. <laughs> we have so many Harry Potters. I know we do. I didn't realize yeah. I was supposed to give them yeah, the books. You want, they, they don't even have to pay. It's just free. Hold on. Yeah. We don't charge at this library? No. People can check out anything Nick, they want. why do you think I'm... My budget is so high. I don't know. Because I keep adding to it. Oh, no. I keep charging for books. Oh, no. When I actually let people check it. You're like some sort of book loan shark? I guess. I've been charging 20 books a week. You've gone unchecked for far too long. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Uh, this was a joke. I don't. We, the library doesn't charge anybody anything for... It's not a joke, yeah. Eric. This is a serious <laughs> do accusation. We, do we have anything in our collection that costs money? No. That's uh, My local library, the hometown I grew up, you had to pay a dollar to rent movies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. 
And you had them for a week. I mean, we have we have fines if things aren't returned. Right. But to take them. You know what, though? I think that that was back before streaming and everything. Mm. I think now it's just like nobody's I've never. Play. I mean, I, I, my first library job was oh, a long time ago now. Yeah, no. Like it, 16 we, years ago. And it this was, was back in 2006, free. I think, was the last time I paid money to oh. check out DVDs. No, I've never experienced that. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. We're, we're the best. <laughs> Around. What a great. No one's ever gonna keep us down. What a great natural All right, what ending. Do you, yeah, what do you got for uh, advanced notices? I would love to tell you. So, folks, these are the things that are uh, coming out. Most of these are coming out in April, and these are things that we have already said, hey, we want one of those. <laughs> so, here they are. <laughs> uh, book 18 in the V.I. Warshawski series. Book number 18. Either of you? Steve? Eric? Sh- Nothing. Shashowski. Sarah. <laughs> Fallout by Sarah Paretsky. Before there was Elizabeth Salander, before there was Stephanie Plum, there was V.I. Warshawski. Now you see right there why maybe this one didn't take off as strong as yeah, those others. Yeah, sure. Have you read the newest Sharashimirsky? Yep. Anyway, to her parents. I can't even spell it! To her parents, she's Victoria Iphigenia. To her friends, she's Vic. But to clients seeking her talents as a detective, she's V.I. Or maybe Vi? But it's V period, I period. So I think it's V.I. And her new case will lead her from her native Chicago and into Kansas on the trail of a vanished film student and a faded Hollywood star. You think it's Eddie Murphy? Is the faded Hollywood star? That's harsh that you would think of him first. Well, I just, I want him to do better for himself is all. Uh, here's one that people will be very excited about. Again, this is April. Uh, Golden Prey by John Sanford. Coming out in April. Mm-hmm. Lucas Davenport, number 27. 27 in the Lucas Davenport series. I've read the Virgil Flower series in which Lucas plays a, a supporting role. Okay. I like that okay. Have you read John Sanford, Steve? No. His The uh, the Lucas Davenport serial series is pretty much about serial killers. <gasps> and it's a little bit more... Oh, you know what? No, I've read the first. I read the first Lucas Davenport book, and it was scarred me for life. Okay, scary. Um, <laughs> but I think you'd probably like John Sanford. You might like the He's Vir- talking to Virgil. Steve yeah, situation. the Virgil Flower series is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's in the it's Steve up the is alley, not interested in yeah. the situation. <laughs> yes, uh, it's it's up your alley. I think check that out. Anyway, uh, the man was smart, and he didn't mind killing people. Welcome oh. to the big leagues, Davenport. <gasps> Lucas Davenport's first case as a U.S. Marshal sends him into uncharted territory in the thrilling new novel in the number one New York Times best-selling series. Eric singing the Prince of Egypt in the background, (laughs) if anybody's curious about what was happening. (laughs) It was Eric. Uh, I'm going to just tell you one. Okay. Just one book shot. Oh, I thought they canceled all these. No, well, that's the thing. That's why I'm afraid to tell you. Because some of them are still on the list. So I think maybe it's a frequency thing. Rather than two a month, maybe we're going to get two every other month or just one a month. There's or a maybe lot of someday it. none a month. Maybe none. Maybe just maybe books. None. Uh, do you know what bookshots are, Steve? Not really. I've seen them, though. Our, Jay, our listeners are well versed. They know, but, but I'll tell you quickly. Every, Jay, every episode. James Patterson episode. and a co-writer write these little, like, I don't know, like 100-page novellas, basically. Uh-huh. And you just buy them in the supermarket or wherever, although people don't seem to buy them. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. You're just supposed Burn. to be able to like read them in an hour. Yeah. So they're very popular here. They check out all the time. I've read a couple. Eric has one that he... Oh, I didn't read it. I said I was going to read this week. I forgot. But you're it's going... It's the, uh, the Escape. Okay. I think we... 
I, I think it's Hunted. Hunted. Yeah. yeah, you could be right. Anyway, Night Sniper by James Patterson and Christopher can you, Charles. Can you get these in ebooks? Yeah, you can get them in ebook. You can get them in audiobook. They're all over the place. One killer, eight million targets, eight million suspects. Cheryl Mayburn is the NYPD's most brilliant detective and the most damaged. Uh oh, a damaged detective. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be able to balance. She life shouldn't and be doing that kind of work. If she's got her own personal demons. Yeah. She's battling. She needs to focus on the job. I don't know. Hey, I'm looking for the know. Uh, New York Times bestsellers list of the combined print and ebook fiction. Yeah, and I'm going back a few weeks and everything, and I don't see a single bookshot oh, on no. here. Oh, no. So I don't think it's doing so well. Uh, I don't think so. Ebook-wise, I don't think so. Anyway, now she must confront her darkest fears to stop a calculating killer committing random murders. Well, if there's no pattern, it's going to be hard. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's go large print quickly. So these are these are coming out uh, again April for large print. We have the first in the Fairfield Orchard series. Eric, I think this is one you might like. At Fairfield Orchard is the first book by Emma Kane. Emma Kane welcomes you to Fairfield Orchard, where new love blooms and romance is always in season. Why Why do you think I'm going to like this? I don't know. You're an old softy. You're a romantic at heart. Mm. You're not romantic? I don't know. I guess you just like buying presents. Is that... I do love buying presents. I know you do. All right. Finally, Always by Sarah Jiao. From the New York Times bestselling author of Blackberry Winter and the Violets of March comes a gripping, poignant novel about the kind of love that never lets go and the heart's capacity to remember. remember. Star Trek reference. <laughs> That's it. I got it. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. That's it, man. All right. Hey, before we get to New York Times bestsellers list, yeah. we didn't talk about this in our uh, bookmark. Okay. But one, Nick and I saw The Founder. Yes, we Starring did. Sorry, Michael Keaton. Yes, we, we did. We didn't bring that up. No. It was okay. It was, it was pretty. It, it was, was okay. Fine. There were just some, like, turns as a character. It was like, oh, but why? Yeah. We had, yeah, we didn't really understand. Yeah. They did, I don't think they really went, like, deep enough into yeah. his, into Ray Kroc's character. Also. In it to make you really, like, care one way or Have we another. mentioned we've been watching Riverdale? Yeah. We brought it up? Yeah. All right. Because we watched the pilot. We said that. Yeah, pilot is great Now we watched stuff. the second one. You're still yeah. in. I'm, are you not? I, it's Come not on. really my thing. No, but you're you're coming along on this I don't ride know. I just there was a moment where I thought Jughead was going to be in trouble yeah. during the second episode and yeah. I found myself being like don't you dare. <laughs> don't you so dare you Riverdale. Go. You're invested. Um but you're before invested that in we Jughead. watched Powerless yes. on NBC yes. with Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. I was taken by surprise yeah. by how funny that yeah. show was. Totally. It's almost like a scrub style style like yeah. quirk kind of humor. Yeah, community A little absurdist. Yeah. yeah. I was expect I you and I were both driving in the car before we watched it and we we're like it's not gonna be good though is yeah, it like yeah. there's no way and then yeah. it was just so funny yeah it was it was very it was funny. like every line and uh, uh Alan Turdick Tudick mm-hmm. Tudick is so funny as, when you uh, add the R it makes yeah. his name Turdick Turdick he doesn't sure. like that all right Alan Tudick is so funny as uh, Bruce Wayne's cousin yes he is so. Steve's skeptical right you haven't I, you didn't I'm watch still the pilot a hesitant about it yeah yes. he doesn't okay. know the pilot was I will watch it though it there cracked it cracked me up. Wait, you're not going to be able to watch it this Thursday. I'll set my VCR. That's crazy. To record it. And Riverdale. And Riverdale. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's having a great time because yeah. he, I don't know what yeah. what spawns. You just found a VCR? I have a VCR. So what? what's the... I just, we moved oh, around a room. Oh, you just found out your TV in we the moved, other room. We moved around a room and then suddenly there was like buy the cable thing from the wall and there's no cable box in there. So I thought, right. oh, it's not going to work. And it but worked. I plugged it in and it works. So now I'm taping things like it's 1999. Yeah, that's true. It's great. It's great. All right. So, so you're going to, you're going to, it's an amazing Riverdale time to be alive. And 
powerless. Powerless, yeah. So you can watch them later. Yeah, on, on VHS. VHS. Yeah. Are you going to take your... <laughs> Any questions? Are you going to take your VCR out of that room and watch it on a bigger TV? No way. Because what do you got in there? A 13-inch? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> All no, right. it probably is a 13-inch. <laughs> I, I want to say it's retro, but that feels like I'm giving you too much of a compliment. Yeah, when you say it's retro, it makes it seem like it's somehow cool. <laughs> and it's very much not. All right, hit me with the New York Times All bestseller. All the commercials list. I still know. being recorded. Yeah, yeah. But you got your remote pie control. Pie in minutes? From, yeah, just, I do. Yeah, yep. Pie in minutes? Oh, geez. Hold on. My boom. All right. Uh, my boom. <laughs> your what? My boom blocker. Okay, good. All right. Uh, these, yeah, this is the New York Times bestseller list for this week. This is for hardcover fiction. We got number 10. It's new this week. Death's Mistress. Oh. By Terry Goodkind. See, that's upsetting. Death running around on its wife. It's awful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's not what you want. Where are you going, Death? Oh, uh, I could just have to forgot. I have to pick up some dry cleaning. So uh, oh, you've only got the one robe. Yeah, I, I'm trying to branch out a little bit. So I guess oh. it's a, for a friend. Actually, it's for a friend. I Let me go see your to, phone. I dropped it. It doesn't. The screen's broken. It's I gotta dead. go. It's I gotta dead. go. I killed I it. See you later. Uh, number nine. That was dark. That was a dark bit. Death's mistress. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, nine. This is also new this week. Power game. Oh, by, speaking of the nineties. Oh, hold on. By Kristen Feehan. Oh no. A super soldier with oh, enhanced no. abilities teams up with a genetically engineered spy in this oh Ghost Walker novel. Yes. Jeez, Louise. Every time these books come in, we have to be like, wait, where does this go? Is it fantasy? Yep. Is it romance? Yep. Is it mystery? Sure. We need a paranormal romance but section. they're also... Plain and simple. Super popular? They do. They are weirdly popular, yeah. Well, when members of a United Nations Joint Security Force are taken hostage by radical terrorists in Indonesia, Captain Ezekiel Fortunes <laughs> is called to lead the rescue team. Part of a classified government experiment, Zeke is a super soldier with enhanced abilities. Yeah, sure he is. He can see better and run faster than an enemy, disappear when necessary, and hunt along any terrain. I'm sorry, disappear? Yeah, disappear. Like he can become invisible? There are those in this world willing to do anything for power like that. Not Zeke. A formidable spy, genetically engineered to hide in plain sight, Belicia, (gasps) rarely meets a man who doesn't want to control her or kill her. Did you say Belicia? Yeah. That's the name of Death's mistress. Oh, no. Oh, is she running around on Zeke? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. But Zeke is different. A couple of His gaze, his touch. Oh, boy. They awaken feelings inside her that oh, she never thought possible. Oh, there it goes. He's the kind of man she should settle down with. Oh, boy. If she can keep him alive. Yeah. <laughs> See, Zeke would just turn invisible. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. She's like, take out the garbage, and he'd be like... <laughs> Wait, where are Zeke, you? Zeke, where are you? <laughs> this garbage is going to take itself out. Yep. So, uh, He's knocking back a couple of beers with death. Yeah. That sounded like a classic Christine Feehan book. It sure did. It sure did. Uh, all right, number eight. Uh, are you ready with your example for this one? Small Great Things by Jody Picoult. Uh, binder clips. You know what I mean? There's little binder clips. <laughs> you pull the wings back, open that up, oh, clip on, geez. you can hold together a manuscript. Nick. Do lots of things. I want you to be able to get through this without getting emotional. Number seven, The Chemist. By Stephanie Meyer. Okay. Now, I know you have fan fiction where you were Indiana Jones. You yeah. were playing the role of Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. And it was, were... well, 
I'm I'm very mindful of copyright things, so right. it wasn't. It was an Indiana Jones like. I know you were like uh, in the jungle of India, yeah, exploring a hidden temple. Yeah, we and were Stephanie doing, Meyer was there. She was there, and yeah. so was a priest. And you guys got married. Yeah, in the temple. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, after all we'd been through that day, <laughs> right. you know, we needed we needed something yeah. good. Yeah. So. Do you do you classify your fan fiction as Stephanie Meyer fan fiction or just fan fiction that happens to star Stephanie Meyer? I wouldn't say it stars her. It stars our love. You know what I mean? Like our love is the central character. So, man. So I, I, I my, my amalgam in this world is I'm I, Michigan Flynn is his name. It's like an Indiana Jones. <laughs> Michigan Flynn. Michigan sure. Flynn. Yeah. And so yeah, we're in India and then yeah. we're there and like we just discovered like the golden uh, rubies uh, right. shaped like eggs. Obviously, golden rubies. Yeah, they're encrusted in gold. Oh, okay. And inside is the yeah. Shark. So the inside is there. So we have to go get them. Uh-huh. And we're getting out. And I rescue her, and like my shirt gets torn. Just it's a crazy day, <laughs> you know. And then I think we've been talking about this for so long. We just rescued a priest. <laughs> let you know what I mean. Let's make it official. Let's make it official. Yeah. So it's it's very natural in the story. Like if you don't go for the wedding, uh huh, doesn't make any sense. That's true. It yeah. doesn't make any People sense. People are like, well, why wouldn't they People just get like, married? There's a priest right there. Just kidding. so anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's neither yeah. here nor there. And it's nowhere near as good as your um, your your Dutch German <laughs> James Pattinson. Look, he's working on it. Okay, it will be done when it's done. All right, Steve, you don't know about this, but Eric is working on a. He's co-authoring with a book club group. Right. Uh, a book with an up and coming author yes. named James Paddington. Yes. Not James Patterson. Yes. Uh, they're writing in Dutch. Wait, why would you say not James Paddington? Not James Patterson. Why would you say that? Just because it sounds like Paddington Patterson. Paddington Patterson. I guess you want to stretch it. It's it's a convoluted. Okay, it's it's not it's not working out well for him. Yeah. So I don't mean to rub my success. Especially since James Paddington moved to Japan. Did he? Yeah, and he he doesn't have an email, so he only communicates through snail mail. Oh. And again, he only he only speaks. You know, he doesn't speak any English. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. When yeah. it comes so, in, we have to have somebody translate yeah. his writings, and then we write, and then we have to I write our I just thoughts. don't really get it. I don't get why you're doing it. Uh, because it's going to be a great work. Okay. It's a murder mystery. Yeah. Uh, with vampires. Really? But it represents the Berlin Wall oh. uh, issues. Okay. And it all takes place on Mars. And all in Dutch. At the moment. I, you know what? Surprise me. Okay. I just want to. What's next yeah. on the list? Uh, number six. Oh, wait. The Mistress <gasps> by Danielle Steele. Oh my gosh, she got her own book. Of a Russian oligarch. Death's yeah. Mistress. Oh yeah, you know what? She was probably like, I don't like to be classified as Death's Mistress. Yeah. I'm just a mistress. <laughs> sure. She's her own mistress. Yeah. Well, number five is new this week. Uh, the Girl Before. The Mistress. Yeah, by J.P. Delaney. The Girl Before a the Mistress. A sadistic architect builds. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Nick just had a spit take. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to read this book, man. <laughs> a sadistic architect? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm just picturing him drawing these, like, torturous buildings. <laughs> okay. That's sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> just the last yeah. word I expected you to say after sadistic. What if they need to move a couch upstairs? <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm good. A sadistic architect builds a modern house... That controls its young female inhabitants in this psychological thriller, (laughs) soon to be a major motion picture. It's on the bestseller list now, and it's already going to be a major motion picture? Wow. Uh, Number four, Two by Two by Nicholas Sparks. Nick Sparks, hey. Probably soon to be a motion picture. Probably soon to be, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But we are talking Nicholas Sparks very soon. Next so week? Se- yeah, so send us your thoughts on Nicholas Sparks. Right. We need all the help we can get. Sure. Are you going to do it? Are you going to have a Nicholas Sparks re- I got to. I mean, you yeah. told me to read Nights and... How do you say it? Because I say Rodante. The, the, yeah, Rodante is what they say in the audiobook. So what's Rodante? Nothing. Is it a pasta? No. <clears throat> like, do you want sauce and Rodante? That sounds good. It sure does. <laughs> yeah. I made my Rodante sauce. Anyway, we're talking Nicholas Sparks next week, so right. send us your things. Number three. Uh, discuss this. The Whistler by John Grisham. Uh, this one's other people like it. Yeah, it does sound yet, interesting. It, it does sound interesting. Part of the problem is that there's a... Too there's much a little, whistling, yes, man. Yeah, a lot of whistling in it. There's a there's an ebook prequel that focuses on a small aspect of it, so I was kind of primed to think that was going to be more of a central, like this case was going to be more central to it, mm-hmm. but it just was sort of... I felt like it was unpleasant characters doing boring things. And I never got into it ever. Burn. That was kind of my problem with King of Torts. Yeah, Just, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Grisham. I would. I think King of Torts is much better than this. Oh but, wow, really? You know, King of Torts is pretty unpopular. Hey, save it for our John Grisham episode, part two, part two. Yeah, we'll only talk Theodore. What Boone number was in the our John one. Grisham episode? I don't know. I don't have it up. All right, I can look, look it up. Nick. I will. Uh, number two. The Underground Railroad oh. by Colson Whitehead. Colson, that, that has been all over this list. I know, that's it's rising. It's up, it's down, it's been off the top ten, and now it's back at number two. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it's back at number one. Yeah, me neither. Week. So Me neither. Um, winning all those awards. Uh, do you think they could make it a movie? I don't know, because like as, as I've complained about in the past, the, the concept of a literal underground railroad is never developed in right. the book. So I think if they were going to make it a movie, either just cut that, uh-huh. don't make that literal, right. or make it a really integral part of the story. Okay. Uh, number one, it's been on this list for two weeks, Never Never by James Patterson and Candace Fox. Wow. Uh, this is the first in a new series. So this is uh, Harriet Blue. She's a detective. Oh, yeah. She's sent to the Outback, well, otherwise known as the Never Never. This started as a bookshot, so this is the first full book. But the but the character starts in black and blue. The bookshot. Okay. This is starting. Nick's uh, James Patterson's uh, canon is starting to feel a lot like the uh, expanded universe from Star Wars. Yeah, you're right. But technically, this character got to start in a side story starring uh, Talon Card. Yeah. But then he was in an episode of the Clone Wars, and that's right. that's how he's he's joined by Harriet Blue in mm-hmm. Never Never. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. All right. So that's the top 10. So there you go. Nothing too exciting on that. No, I mean, Terry Goodkind, he's he's kind of surprising to see yeah. in the top 10. It's Been almost like one of Star Wars books makes yeah. it in the top 10. Like, true. oh, good for Terry Goodkind. That's true. Well. But I know people love Terry Goodkind. He does. As well, he's popular. He's the one. No, he's Wizard's First Rule. Who's I don't the, know. I know like nothing about Terry Goodkind. Who's the one Goodkind, that has so. the? Who's the Shannara Chronicles? Terry Brooks. That's okay. Yeah. So then I don't know why Terry Goodkind's still doing so well. I know mm-hmm. the Wizards Rule book series are okay. Okay. Or people seem to like them. Hmm. Anyway. Well, speaking of Wizards First Rule. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't transition <laughs> out of there. Here's our non sequitur uh, transition, though. Dan Brown. Yeah, we're here to be we're talking. talking about Dan here to be Brown. talking Dan Brown. So uh, Steve here is our special guest, my brother Steve. Say hello again, Steve. Hello. There you go. So we we both. I think. Have you read all the Dan Brown books? Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, so you know we're Dan Brown fans from long ago. The movie just came out on on DVD, which we do have in our collection, Inferno. And before we get into it, I just want to mention because I held this back when we did our uh, books to be excited about in 2017 because I wanted to talk about it right now. But just announced. 
Dan Brown's new novel, Origin, to be published by Doubleday on October 3rd, 2017. In keeping with his trademark style, Brown interweaves codes, science, religion, history, art, and architecture into this new novel. Origin thrusts Harvard symbologist Robert Langdon into the dangerous intersection of humankind's two most endearing questions and the earth-shaking discovery that will answer them. So the next Langdon book is coming out this year. Oh, cool. October 3rd. That's pretty exciting stuff. So we didn't talk about that in our uh, uh, best of 2017, but it is coming out. So it all began with uh, Angels and Demons, right, Steve? Angels and Demons? Yes, first one. First. But it didn't really pop until uh, The Da Vinci Code. Yeah. And I don't know why The Da Vinci Code was the more popular of the two. I guess maybe because it's more... Controversial? I really think that that's it. You know, I really think the controversy around... um, the the Da Vinci Code. If you don't know the plot of the Da Vinci Code, basically uh, the controversial aspect of it it's is kind of like a Madonna all... video. Is it? Well, because Madonna in that uh, like a prayer. Okay. She like hangs out with hangs out. Okay. Quotations with right. Jesus. Thank you for trying to help. Sorry, but it... <laughs> it's not my fault you didn't watch Madonna videos. From yeah, the 90s. you're right. You're right. Anyway, the Da Vinci Code deals with uh, Robert Langdon helping uh, a. a I don't know, a group, I guess, that they're, they're tasked with um, protecting the offspring that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had. So it's all about the fact that, like, there's a whole line of descendants dating back to Jesus. Who's in that movie? Who's, who plays, um, I mean, there's Tom Hanks, but who's the other actress? The girl? The I, I, Audrey Tato. I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Oh. oh. Okay, Ian McKellen is also in it. Yeah. yeah. He plays... And Alfred Molina. Yeah, Alfred Molina, that's right. Alfred Molina? That's right. Shut up! If you so, told me this, I would have watched it by now. So the Da Vinci Code, or the Angels and Demons came out first. Then we, we jump Not over the to movie. the Da Vinci Code. And then the, I don't know, I, it was huge. I remember there was all sorts yeah. of like books debunking the Da Vinci Code, like breaking yes. the Da Vinci they Code, all still, sorts of I things. I feel like they're still making those. They probably are. And I really think that like without those, yeah. it would have just been... You know, kind of like in Steve Barry territory, where like he keeps putting these out and they're fine, but they're not like big like cultural touchstones, which the Da Vinci Code was. Like for better or worse, it was one of those books that like everybody was was talking um, about. Everybody was you know interested in it. You ever see the Book of Eli with Denzel Washington? No. Um, What's his name? Uh, Gary Cooper, not Gary Cooper. Gary Oldman (laughs) sends some people out to go. He's looking for the Bible, so he sends them out. And at one point, like, these thugs come in with books they've collected, and they pour it out, and one of them is, like, an Oprah book. Mm-hmm. But one of them is the Da Vinci Code. Okay. So, like, it's it's made as mark that, like, they could throw it in that pile, and people in the theater be like, oh, the Da Vinci Code, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, I mean, we'll not, not to get out of order here. He has but written, like, I don't think, no books, though. No, he hasn't. I don't think the movie adaptations have ever really been able to, like, work. The first movie is what... Did it? I mean, the Da Vinci Code was like really popular, like book wise and stuff. Yeah. But it was when the movie came out is when I feel like the cultural. But the first movie was kind of a flop, wasn't it? No, first movie made so much money. Did it? Yeah. I guess I'm remembering it wrong. No, I like the Angels last and movie, Demons. Inferno See. just bombed. Yeah. The Da Vinci Code made tons of money. Really? Yeah. They, I mean, they made three movies. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that's always kind of puzzled me because I feel like they never, they never were quite able to capture that. But hmm. uh, all in all, right now there are four. Uh, Robert Langdon books. Angels and Demons came out in 2000, Da Vinci Code in 2003, Lost Symbol in 2009, Inferno 2013, and as we just said, Origins coming out later this year. Then beyond that, there's two, Digital Fortress and Deception Point, which are just standalone novels. You ready for this? 
Sure. The Da Vinci Code movie. Yeah. It cost $125 million to make. Yeah. It made worldwide $758 million. Well, that's crazy. Doesn't it seem like that's not a memory? That one was, I mean, it was just so much controversy. Everybody was seeing it. Everybody had to see it to know what even, like, I didn't know what it was about for most, for the most part. I had, it took me forever, like, what is it actually about? So. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Steve, what is your what? What was your first? What was your like entry point? Movies, books. What did you do? Um, movies first. I believe I saw Angels and Demons before I read the movie before I read any of the books. Really? I believe so. That so. that like got the ball rolling yes. on that. Okay, interesting. I honestly don't remember which one I read first because I read I read The Da Vinci Code first. I read it in two thousand six, like right around the time the movie came out. I don't remember. I think that I finished the book before the movie came out. Uh, and I liked it. Um, I actually, like, looking at my old reviews on Goodreads, I actually rated The Da Vinci Code higher than Angels and Demons. Um, but I think Angels and Demons, in every way, is a superior book. Don't you think? Uh, I'd say so in most of the aspects. Yeah. I feel it, like it translated better to film than The Da Vinci definitely, Code Definitely. Definitely the movie is better. What, what I think the problem was for me, uh, and this is something that we can dig into a little bit here, but there are certain... I feel like the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, like, strip away the specifics. They're basically the same story. Like, it's, it, I think more so in the books. I think the movies distinguish them a little bit more. But, you know, you have this, like, Robert Langdon, the, the academic. He, he gets pulled into this uh, by another academic. He teams up with a younger woman who has issues with, like, her surrogate father, who is, like, Lang- Langdon's counterpart. And then they go through these like quasi-religious puzzling mysteries together. Uh, and I think that they're just in Deception Point, actually, which is not a Robert Langdon, but it is the same kind of deal as far yeah. as like there's a woman in this like schism with her father figure and this outside person comes in. And they work together. Uh, so you can really see that that uh, that style in those first three books are really, really present. Uh, and I think like to the detriment of the others. So I think had I read Angels and Demons first, then read The Da Vinci Code, I would have been like, oh, that felt very similar. And I would have liked Angels and Demons better. And in hindsight, I do. I think Angels and Demons is a better book. But at the time, I was kind of disappointed that they were so similar. Um, have you read, you said you read all of them, I've Steve, read all right? Of them, okay. Yes. So they, they began, his first published book was Digital Fortress, which I think is easily the worst I would agree, probably. Yeah, digital you fortress. Say digital fortress. I say a nerd's palace. Nice. Thank you. Put that on a t-shirt, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> digital fortress is kind of a. It, it just has no shelf life. It's the kind <laughs> of book. It's it's a computer thing, you know, and it's like the minute the book comes out, it's out of date yeah. and in a really like. Yeah horrible way i mean it does not translate yeah. well at Listen, all we got the president's think. secrets on this floppy disk it's, yeah if you don't get this yeah it's i mean you think you're exaggerating if you don't but, get this to the data web yeah within minutes and it was it probably heard it that i read that one yeah. more recently than the others <laughs> i read uh i read so you that don't think it even has like a i don't want to say retro but like schlocky kind of thing to go back no. and read it as like no like boy the 90s were terrible to use the if internet not for the langdon books no one would ever have gone back and read Digital really? Fortress. I'm quite sure. So you don't. It's not even fun to read with all its datedness. I don't think so. Did yeah, you like it? Forgettable of all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does it does it include a dial-up sound when you turn a page? This is a uh, this is the review I wrote in 2012 about this book. 2012. Jeez. Yeah. I neither liked nor disliked this book. To me, this was Dan Brown's weakest. They all read like enhanced screenplays, but this one felt a little more like a made-for-TV movie from 1997. The characters weren't particularly interesting, and the pacing was a little sluggish. Hmm. So, you know, it just kind of, 
it didn't really leave much of an impression on me other than it feels very much like a product of its time. It doesn't have a timeless feel. I think if I was going to recommend one to you, Eric, I would say read Deception Point. I don't think that like the the mysteries um, in the Da Vinci Code, the puzzles and things, I don't really think that they would appeal to you. I think uh, if you don't like that kind of thing, Deception Point is the way to go. Do you remember what this is about, Steve? Um, if it's not somebody burning something onto a CD-ROM. They find, they find uh, a meteorite under <gasps> a glacier. Gasp. And that sort of... That's that's what gets everything going. They're All trying right. to they're trying to verify that it's accurate, and you have people trying to say like, "Don't look too closely. We really need this to be real because yeah. of like funding and stuff." So it has it has the same sort of like it's a Crazy. pulse pounding. Yes, yes, in a way, but it's but it's more it's paced more like a thriller than okay. than Crichton would do. Um, Digital Fortress came out in ninety eight. We should yeah. say that, so that explains its datedness and its nineties Deception Point was two thousand one. Yeah, so after after Angels and Demons, but before the Da Vinci Code. Yes. So Angels and Demons was two thousand. Da Vinci Code was two thousand three. The movie you were right was two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah. I swear it was like two thousand four, but there you go. Yeah. Um. So do you read the Lost Symbol? You guys yes. Mentioned that. Yes. That was actually. Um. What Steve? What is your favorite? See, I'm torn. I really love Mine the Lost Symbol. Yeah. There are aspects of Angels and Demons that I really, really enjoy yeah. more than the other ones. Yeah, I, I w- it would come down to those two for me too. But I yeah. think Lost Symbol is a clear. I think it's more a complete book for me. Do yeah, you guys not like Inferno then? Because no, oh Inferno, I that's all, it's up there with Digital Fortress. Did yeah. you see the movie? Yeah, yes, we did. We, we just, just yeah we saw the movie. Uh, yeah, and um, I don't I don't know if we should I don't know if we should spoil it or not. You don't have I to guess. spoil it, but did okay. you hate it? Um, no, I didn't hate it. It, it was, felt very different to the yes. other movies. I mean, they're all directed by Ron Howard. Sure, um, it didn't the, seem like a Ron Howard movie. The other two, I mean, you, they do kind of, they kind of, they feel like they're part of the same series. Uh, the plot of Inferno starts with Langdon having amnesia, so right away that's different. So he's not like in on it from the beginning. He's sort of like having to retrace his step and, and figure out what he's done. So it's, I mean, on the outside, that's an interesting like story element. And it differentiates it from the others. Um, and I liked I liked the imagery and stuff that they did because he's having like flashbacks and he's he's interpreting them using imagery from uh, Dante's Inferno, the Divine Comedy. You know, ah, um, oh Inferno, yeah, like the title, yes, yeah. So uh, the movie did that well. It was a little slow, I think, at times. Yeah, pacing wasn't. It just hit a point. Um, there's kind of a not a twist, but there's a, there's a revelation that comes that sort of changes the tone, and then uh, you have to kind of they have to sort of go back and say so. Like here's what really happened, and in a book that works uh, more than it does on screen. It felt a little bit like previously on Inferno, uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, I guess we might as well stick with this for a minute. But the biggest problem that I had with it was uh, the ending. Yeah, I agree. The ending uh, is what happens in the book happens exactly in an opposite way in the movie. Like it, there's a the resolution in the book is kind of um, I don't know. I'm uh, chilling, you know. Yeah, it hits you with this ending where you're like, well, geez, what's going to happen now? You know, and that's the end of the book, and it's good, you know. So it actually sort of like got me back. Because uh, I wasn't really into the book, and then I thought the ending, I was like, wow, that's kind of a ballsy move to, yeah. to end a book like that. And the movie like, does a very, like, cookie-cutter... Very like, neat. Yeah, thing. And, I don't and know if it benefited from that, really. No, it didn't. And the thing that the thing that was so unique about the ending of the book was that, like, now we have to deal with this situation. Um, there's a crisis that's just averted. 
in the in the movie and it just makes it sort of like oh okay so <laughs> i guess everything's fine you know uh so the one really unique part of that movie or part of the book is absent in the movie so uh i wouldn't say that it was bad it probably just like uh books i wouldn't wouldn't want to watch that movie again you know what i mean no, probably not i'd probably like, give it another chance eventually on the yeah. line but i wouldn't be like, but it would be the last yeah like i think if you're gonna rate the movies i would say angels and demons da vinci code inferno yeah i'd agree yeah um but the lost symbol uh i love that i one. hope they make that new movie somewhere. yeah well you know i was reading about it a little bit um and apparently they were planning to adapt the lost symbol like that's what they were doing and they'd written scripts for it, and they just, like, I guess just couldn't crack it. And it is more complicated. Like, it's the biggest of the books, I want to say. Um, it's a lot more... It's intricate. I don't know. It really... Um, it follows a different path, and I could see why it would be difficult to adapt it into a movie. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's the strongest book. It just really stands on its own, um, which was a nice change from the previous two, and I thought were a little I feel too like more similar. weight given to all the characters. Yeah, the other ones were focusing on say Langdon or yeah, it's you know um, a lot of the criticism and criticism that I would echo of of the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons is that they are just begging to be adapted into movies. You know, it's almost like the short chapters. The like it almost has like a fade in, fade out. Like this is Act One, this is Act Two, sort of a feel to it. Whereas Lost Symbol, I think, sort of disregards that and just is a straight novel. So it it translates. I would say it's probably I don't know, but it's probably why they didn't do it because it doesn't translate quite so neatly. Mm-hmm. I think to a, a standard movie I think worth the effort though. format. Oh, I think it would too. Like I hope that they do it. Yeah. I can't imagine that they would. They've gone out of order before. After so. yeah, after this one um, was how bad was it, Eric? How bad did it flop? Do you know? The new one. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It it wasn't good. I almost feel like seems like it was just like in and out of theaters instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, it's just been so long. 2009 was when Angels and Demons came out. Yeah. So, like, who is this for? Yeah. At this point, let's see. Well, Angel, uh, Inferno. All right. 2009, In- really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Why uh, would they wait so long? Eight years. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I guess. Film adaptation came out this year, so yeah. it cost 75 million to make. It made 220 million. So well, it still doubled its budget, though. Yeah, but for a film to really like be making a profit it has to like kind of triple with all oh. the other expenses and everything it's it's also the idea that like you know this is kind of a franchise so it's just been going down yeah like the third movie angels and demons only made about 400 million which is okay. still a lot and it was still a success but when you're talking about something that had almost reached 800 million worldwide well these can't be these can't be simple to make either they can't be simple they can't be cheap because it's just it's the, just they're I mean, on location, right? They? It's exactly. been eleven years since the first one, and yeah. this is the third movie. That's not really like keeping with the momentum yeah. of anything. So, well, and it's been it's been. I mean, when did even the books have? It's been four years since the last book, yeah. so nothing, nothing is making so, these current right yeah. now. It's but I mean, just, Steve brought up an interesting point there that they are they're shot on location. You know, yeah. the books are all about the locations, like yeah. all the different places that they go. And it's really, it's, it's not really one of the most compelling parts of the books for me, yeah. the world that it's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that's probably part of the reason why Tom Hanks and Ron Howard are so Ooh. like, yeah, let's do it. You well, know, it has a, or uh, Inferno vacation. has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. It wasn't a strong movie. It really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, it just, the bottom really falls out of it. They tend to make through. their, I think now they're just making their money overseas. 
And I don't know that this one would appeal. The money it made in America was only thirty-four million. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of a bomb. That's that is. So that two hundred and twenty. Well, it's a hybrid, you know, yeah. like the, the. And I'm trying to think about. I, I mean, okay, let's think about the books. <laughs> the. Angels and Demons, for example, which is easily the best of the movies, is yes. very puzzle-based, remember? It's yeah. all about uh, the plot of that one. They're, <laughs> Sorry. they're trying to pick a pope, and there's a whole, there's a whole thing, you know, with the... This with is Angels the, and Demons? Yeah, with the preferiti, like the ones who, who are the, the top choices to get pope right. are objected. They're gone, you know. Um, and so Langdon's following all these clues, trying to find them. And so there's a very the natural... You know, it, there's a natural like we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, and so you know you're always on the edge of your seat. You're always you know going for it. But Ewan McGregor's great too. He's I so mean, he's great man. in that movie. He's a really good character. He really is. Inferno. Um, aside from Langdon, I don't really feel like any of the other characters are are fleshed out that well. Um, no, I feel like the provost was lacking. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of and and, and back to Angels and Demons too. You have Paul Bettany as a villain so like you have these you have these really good actors filling it out and this one was was tom hanks felicity jones didn't have a whole lot to do you know she's probably living fine off her star wars money so yeah you know um but yeah i would just say that uh it didn't really work i know that he said that uh, he has ideas for about 12 langdon books i think that's too much (laughs) yeah i think that's a little too much Eric, unbelievably be in these situations. Yeah, I don't know, Eric, if you have ever come across um, the YA version. No, there's a uh, Y. The Vinci Vinci Code? Version there's the a, there's an adapted version of the Da Vinci Code, which that I think I would, that I would read, which I think did nothing. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants it. No. And I know that's something that's done occasionally. Yeah, people don't care. Um, no, it's like when we no. got the uh, that boxing book by Robert B. Parker. Yeah, what's it called? I can't mouse remember what it's called now. No, the uh, mouse and the Mayflower. No, that's a Eden, movie. Edenville Owls. The no, the bag, the punching, the boxer, the something in the boxer. I can't remember. But that, right. no, that's not even this though. It's not a separate right. like. It's not a. It's not a teenage Langdon story. Right. It's the Da Vinci Code, like abridged and like cleaned up for <laughs> yeah. kids. Nobody has ever come in and asked for that. So that's. But I think that speaks to the hype that it was. Yeah. You know, it was like we got a movie. Well, you know what the. Um, How is it not a stage musical? You want to talk right? about things that have religious controversy then too? That's what the, uh, the oh, those books, the uh, Left Behind books did. They did yeah. the Left Behind the kids. Yes, they did. Story. That's right. So I guess that I guess that's a thing. Yeah. You did. You read yeah. some. Super Good, cool. bad. Um, I remember liking them a lot. I was just more confused <laughs> yeah. than anything else, really. Eric and I both read book one of Left Behind. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. That, that's another one, though. The ending, you're like, whoa, crappy book. And then it ends, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's read book two. And I think I, what I remember most about that book is that I read it, and then I cr- almost died crashing a car that I loved. Oh, into a ditch. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah, I've never times. picked up another one of those okay. books because I don't want to die in a car crash. All right. So, hey, would you read my book called, uh, oh, I'm trying to give him a good, like Tom O'Leary. Uh-huh. No, Tom O'Leary is somebody, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah. Tom O'Malley, okay. Pope Cop. Pope Cop. Yeah. He's a pope and he's a cop? A I cop that was... becomes pope? No, I'm thinking he's a cop for the popes. Oh, like multiple yeah. popes. He's I, the cop. I mean, there are cops and. No, but he's Vatican like City. he's like a cop. He's not like oh yeah he's not he's not like yeah he's not like a guard. Okay, he's, he's just, just like, like he's like a New York beat cop. Like, but for the Pope. Yeah, he's got oh, I pulled the Vatican gig again. Yeah, ah, forget about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would read it. Yeah. Sure. Like the Pope's been kidnapped again. Yeah. Better call the Pope cop. Yeah. Yeah. What is call it? Liam what Neeson. is it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why he's Why is he not in these movies? That's true. Um. Why Tom Hanks? Do you think that's a weird choice? Because it's I Ron Howard. So. Really? I thought okay. it worked. See, I think... Well, no, I think it's okay. But, like, casting originally, Tom Hanks is about the last person I would have gone. No, I that was back when Tom Hanks was still money in the bank. No, I know, I know. I'm just talking well, I about, I had like... I seen the movie first, so he was okay. itching in my mind. All right. Robert Langdon. See, who are you thinking? I Well, nothing. I just don't really... Who else, who else is Ron Howard going to cast in a movie? <laughs> You're right. He didn't Kevin know... Kevin Bacon. Uh, yeah, Kevin Bacon, but he didn't know... Uh, Chris Hemsworth yet, but I think that I think that part of the appeal of Langdon is that he's. Um, if you say every man, I'm going to be like, well, what do you think Tom Hanks? Is? No, no, he's not. He's like, you know, a super educated kind of like out of touch academic. Ooh. You know, take who, that Tom Hanks, who kind of cool. like he sort of ruffles feathers because he's like yeah. used to just like being an then? expert in his own little thing. I don't Lee know. Mason? I don't know. Maybe Ian McKellen. Honestly, you know, Maybe you think about that first movie, <laughs> like, yeah, flop it. He'd be too old, but. I don't know. I don't know why Langdon has to be young. I always, Bale? I always picture him kind of old. But I don't. I guess I don't see Tom Hanks as like bookish. Mm. It's an interesting casting choice. Ian I like in hindsight, you see like, well, you know, the most bankable star there is. Yeah. Like Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise said no, so they went to yeah. Tom Hanks. But uh, I do. I think it's weird. Tom I mean, Cruise playing the bookish character. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just as weird for Tom Hanks. I don't really think that that's his thing. Like no, he plays. Langdon is not like a nice guy. He's not like caring or considerate. He's uh, not a jerk. But I don't he's... know if you've seen the it's first Toy loop. Story. Yeah, but Woody the cowboy is a jerk. Yeah, it's true. In the first half of Toy that's Story, that's true. So I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> that's the shark. Yeah. yeah, and then Woody's a jerk to him. <laughs> he's like, give me that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's watch the Toy Story movies. Okay. Because you haven't seen the third one. Speaking of the Toy Story movies, though, the Langdon books are the only, or the Langdon movies are the only Tom Hanks sequels that aren't animated like the Toy Stories. Is that true? Yeah. What about Forrest Gump 2? No, that's not a cast thing. Castaway 2? We're going to cast away on a different island. Still Castaway. Joe versus the Volcano. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Rematch. Yeah. This time the Volcano wins. Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, Deception Point for a minute. How did you feel about that? Uh, I remember liking it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. Based on what I read about it. Yeah. But I feel like it, it's really interesting the dynamic between you know the typical female figure and her father it's, issues. Yeah, it's more. true. It does seem like early on he wasn't uh, ready to like tie himself to I'm only going to be writing these uh, Langdon books because mm-hmm. because of the way they came out. But I think you know I don't think Deception Point did great. I don't know. Do you have numbers on that, Eric? Did that. The, the book, the book did it, sales did it do all right yeah hmm. i don't deception point when you look at the uh when you look at the overall goodreads um things uh-huh it's up there i mean the 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 average rating for angels and demons is 3.85 da vinci code is 3.78 then deception point comes in close with 3.66 so it's kind of uh you know they're all kind of neck and neck there pretty close but um yeah i don't know um i i I would have liked to have seen him do more than than just the the Langdon world, mm-hmm. but he still has time, man. Don't count him out. He does. I don't think he's very old, actually. I think he's what fifties, probably. Fifty two. Fifty two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got no sales figures here, man. Okay, that's my, all right. My knowledge I, only goes so far. That's all right. The internet. I was just really curious. about page two of a Google search. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I'll definitely. I'm excited about the next book. You know, yeah, me too. like. Uh, but it's sort of like the movies. It's like they—it's so far in between publication of these books that it's not 
Like he, he, you've <laughs> forgotten he? the gorillas. Yeah, the exactly. band, the gorillas. I mean, six years. The Da Vinci Code being such a massive hit for him to take six years to put out the next one. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure, like the research that has to go. He into kept these having books to remove is... hundred dollar bills out of his yeah. typewriter ribbon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, again. But, but you know, I mean, that's a. That's a long, because he was, I mean, Digital Fortress, 98, Angels and Demons, 2000, Deception Point, 2001, Da Vinci Code, 2003, then nothing for six years. So either he was just like, like you said, he's just yeah. living in his house made of cash and doesn't yeah. want to. Now, did but he write I the think, screenplays for the movies? I can't remember. Probably I don't know. Not. I don't Ron know. Howard's got his own guys. Yeah, I probably. Um, I know he didn't for Inferno because they, or because they went through drafts with Lost Symbol. But... Um, yeah, then then they've been slow. Then it's like four years, six years, four years, four years. So uh, you know, right. I think that kind of kills the momentum a little bit. Now yeah. I I'm sure that Origin will come out. I'm not that sure. I'm pretty sure that Origin will come out and be a huge hit. I've but seen I think if Origin it was more like two or three with Wolverine. No, that's Wolverine, not it. X Men Origins that's not Wolverine. It. That's not it. I mean, Is Will I, I am going to be in the Dan Brown book? <laughs> Do you, I think it'll be a hit. Don't you, Origin? Or has sure. it, or has it's like hard the, to predict? I know. I mean, is is the bloom off the rose? I don't know. Is I don't know. Oh, if it's bloom been... off the rose. Yeah. I thought you said is the blue moth the rose. And That's like, a great. What kind of phrase is that? It's a great phrase. Is the blue moth the rose? I, I just don't know that. Like with with this much time, if you're gonna have that thing where instantly people are like want to put a hold on it, they want it. Maybe right if away. it was a standalone, but it's weird that it's still in this Langdon series. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Because it's sort of. Um, you know, it, that's kind of a deterrent for people who haven't read the others. You know, they might not feel like, oh, I can pick this up and start here. Although a lot of people don't care. Sometimes it makes me feel crazy when I'm like, well, that's book three. And people are like, oh, I don't mind. And I'm like, get out of here. You can't have this book. Go read book one. <laughs> I don't really say that. But, yeah. you know, you know, not everybody cares. I don't know. Right. But it does seem weird. I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. Okay. Yeah, me too. But I'm going to read it. Yeah, definitely. I, w- I definitely will too. Yeah. Let's see. How some of our listeners feel oh, about yeah. Dan Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. You tell, me, you tell me how you feel about their comments okay. on Dan Brown. So, uh, Joan from... Uh, is this Facebook or from Twitter? Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Joan from Facebook. This all right. is the Hi, Joan. This is Public Library Facebook page. Okay. Uh, what do you think of doing an All the Books Show Facebook page? A separate page? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, listeners, if you disagree with Nick and you're on <laughs> Team Eric, you let me know. On Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joan says, I have read three or four of the Dan Brown books from Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, and Inferno. I think I like Inferno the best. The references to Dante's Inferno and the mini art tour through Florence, Italy. The books tend to be a little formulaic, but the snippets of real history tucked in make up for it. Tucked in? Ooh. uh, I haven't watched any of the movies, but maybe that will be what I check out this weekend. At our local David A. Hill Public Library. It's funny that she says the history is tucked in because it's... Like in your face, you know what I mean? There's so much history, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, that's a big element of them. So yeah. she's a fan. She oh, likes the books, them. Yeah. But, you know, I think she kind of, she, she zeroed in on, on the key to these because they are formulaic. The movies, so we... that's kind of a, I think there's something comforting about that, yeah. though, you know. Like you're going to check out one of these Langdon books. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. But it's just weird. It's, it's this weird line it's, because... It's why I like the beginning of a Crichton book because yeah. I always know at the beginning, I'm like, all right, you're going to tell me how this person got into their academic position yeah. with some crazy research programs, right. and then they're going to – the insinuate the incident's going to happen, and then they're going to be shrunk into tiny people, and the yeah. beetle will eat one. 
What I think is fascinating about these Dan Brown books, the Langdon series, is that they're really, I mean, to me, it seems like it's more of a, um, like a, I don't know, like a John Sanford, David Baldacci kind of a level thing, Uh you know? Uh, it, It seems like it's more a series in that vein where you would expect them more often, you would expect them to be these big, uh, you know, pulpy hits like these other, you know, bestsellers that that kind of churn out annually. But it's sort of treated like it's more of a it's a big it's a big deal. It's like an event when one of these books comes out. And I can't think of another series that's like that. You know, you go long stretches between um, publications and you have this big like mainstream success. Like Game of Thrones kind of. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. That's something. Uh, that's just unique. It's unique that they're that they still are having this draw. Yeah. But Tina on Facebook says, I love the sense of history and art I get from reading his books. I often wish his books had full color photos of all the artwork he references. Mm, good news, Tina. There are fancy, editions. yeah, there are illustrated editions that are, uh, they're big and oversized and chunky and they have, they, Very cool, though. they show just about everything that he talks yeah, about. Huh. Uh, so they're really neat. So if you're ever going to reread the books, I would recommend checking out one of those. All right. Well, she says her favorite is probably the first one she read, which is the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Sorry, I lost my paperclip. I've been chewing. It's on. not bad. I mean, it is a. It's a good book. It's just. It's hard to read them close together. Yeah. Well, which I did. I it, mean, I. I think maybe if you read them as they came out, but I read them just a few months apart, and I was just really struck by the same sameness. Well, if you give Gary Oldman the Da Vinci Code, he's gonna throw it right back. I don't get it. Tell you to go back out. I don't get it. In this world of Eli. I don't get it. Book of Eli. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Good. All right. Uh, Cynthia on Facebook says, "All too physically detailed for me. I read them like a good librarian." And my husband, <laughs> the historian, loved them, uh-huh. but not for her. Okay. So I guess they're uh, physically detailed, like the. I know like, what she means. Scenes. They're they're uh, oh, I wouldn't say gruesome scenes. Oh. I guess there are some. Okay. Some are there a little are light some, gross. Yeah. I guess I took her to mean they're they're very they're they're detail heavy in that like you have to explain every piece of artwork. Very you authentic. have to explain, yeah. you know, how the puzzles work, how they fit together, and it's it's a very. You know, these clues and things are very visual. So in order to, like, convey that in text, you really have to, like, get down in the nitty-gritty and explain what's happening. All right. So I can see why that would turn people off. I'm usually okay with that. Uh, Jack Finney, you know, my favorite, is is somebody who gets that criticism a lot. But I like it. I think it just sort of builds the world. So All right. So she's not a fan, but her husband likes them. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's see. Oh, this looks like it's going to be a big one. I'm ready. Michael on Facebook says, he definitely writes page-turners. And after Da Vinci Code, I devoured more. Such as Digital Fortress, oh. which were great mindless adventures. The perfect vacation Yeah, I'll reads. second that mindless. <laughs> yeah, he says the perfect vacation reads, probably on the beach. Yeah, maybe. Uh, everything was great until I got to the lost symbol. <gasps> it had so much Michael. potential and a great villain. But after the plot is resolved, you still have another 100 pages, slight exaggeration, where two of the principal characters launch into uh, omniscient exposition as if they've always known the answers to the novel's mysteries. Which an hour before he had almost killed everyone. It's a nauseating case of Dan Brown's humanist evangelism that is so blatant and unnecessary that it spoils an otherwise decent wow. novel. I no longer read Dan Brown. Jeez. Wow. Michael has had what a, a twist. Oh, that was a twist like in Inferno. Like it started really strong and uh-huh. engaging, and then it got really long towards the yeah. middle there, and then went in an unexpected direction. There you go. Well, Michael, if you're <laughs> listening, I love the Lost Symbol. Uh, Ooh. I thought it was really good. Those are fighting words. Yeah, I had a second. Huh? Yeah. So, so we're Michael, sort of tied as that being the favorite. I also no longer read Dan Brown. Oh, wow. But I've never read it. What a bold. Brown. 
Michael, I would say that Inferno is, is worth reading, even though we've kind of trashed it a little bit. Uh, the characters are still good. And I think that, like, while Inferno does have a message um, and does have sort of a, like, this is, this is the problem, this is what we're working against, I think it actually, Inferno is probably the least preachiest of all of them. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, you want to know what has no preaching in And it's in brisk. It? So, I, Michael, I would say check back in to Inferno. See what you think. You want to know what has, has no preaching in it? What? Pope Cop. No, think not at all. preaching in it. Yeah. The only thing he preaches with are his two fists. Yeah. Yeah, the only yeah. preaching he does is like, this cannoli's amazing. you got to try it. Yeah, I don't want to preach. <laughs> hey, you're preaching to the choir. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, and then we got one on Twitter by Jamie. We probably Twitter. just have time for one, so let's do it. Okay. Um, oh, his picture is very shirtless. It's an ab picture. Well. So, <laughs> oh, my. I don't know if he's trying to get on a good side, but it yeah. worked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Da Vinci Code blew his mind wow. the first time he read it. Okay. He says Dan Brown is a genius. Oh, nice. So whoever sculpted those abs is the real genius, <laughs> you want my opinion. <laughs> you just made this guy's day. Sure did. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he's like, honey, it worked. So I finally saw him. <laughs> I'm on a podcast. <laughs> so my abs. Welcome to the All the Books family, Jamie's abs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, so I, I guess it was kind of, that was sort of a good job. You sort of picked a mix there. We had some positives, we had some negatives. Yeah. Um, I think it's I One think it's going to no remain. One who no longer reads Dan Brown. Yeah. So if Dan Brown came out with like his life's work, yeah. his one book, he's like, this is all I've ever wanted yeah. to read. Michael from Facebook would not pick that book up. Yeah. I'm I'm still surprised about like why that would have turned him off so much. I don't remember that at all. I, I don't really. Either, I remember being really into that. Actually, you've never been a real discerning reader. That's rude. <laughs> and I remember the end of um, the end of Lost Symbol. There's there's one little mystery that is kind of tucked behind, um, and I just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And then it was one of those things where like it's solved, and it was so obvious that like I, you I didn't just see it. I like when that happens yeah. when like you know they tell you the answer then you're like oh my gosh of course and i thought the lost symbol did that so well yeah. oh. so i know i really liked the ending so we we don't have to fight it's not a fight okay it's not a fight sure everybody you can have your own opinion michael good for you thanks for adding to the combo <laughs> you're really aggressive about uh including him here yeah uh nick suffers from aggressive inclusion yeah i do so eric yeah uh not a fan well, no, because you've never you've never seen or read. That is true. Wow. You know, there's a Da Vinci Code video game. There is. I have yeah. it actually. Is it good? Uh, it's it's interesting. What do you have I, it? On? I didn't quite PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two. That would make sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what is it? It's a really kind Please of a puzzle solving adventure. kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wander around the places and you've got to find the clues hidden in the locales. Like and, mist. Yeah, kind of. Interesting. There you go. It's interesting. I did not. Did you, just you made Nick's day. Did you know this existed? I only just saw it when I was looking up some of the uh, movie stuff. That wow. Da Vinci Code. I don't think is I it, ever quite beat it. Is but... it more based on the book than the movie? No, I think it's more based on the movie. Mm. There's Tom Hanks likeness in it. That would be the giveaway. Well, it's PlayStation 2, so I'm assuming it's supposed to be Tom Hanks. But <laughs> <Yeah>. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Take that, PlayStation 2. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, Steve, let's do this. Um, somebody who's never read Dan Brown before, curious, they want to know where to go. What do you tell them to do? You can include the PS2. You can include the PS2 Da Vinci Code game. Um, Let's see. I'd probably have to say Angels and Demons. It's the first one. I think it's a really good setup for his, you know, biggest series. Yeah. His only Drew me right in. Yeah. His biggest character, rather. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough, because while it's not my favorite, I think that I would say Da Vinci Code, because I feel like um, it's, it's... 
maybe the most approachable of all of them. Like it's the it's the easiest read. Like he had a couple of books under his belt by that point. Um, so it goes in, it's quick, it's fast paced. I mean, I think for all, I, I mean, for all the same reasons why they would choose to adapt the Da Vinci Code first are, are the reasons that I would say, pick that one up and read it first, because yeah. if you were to read more, uh, I, I would agree with your point. point. I wouldn't read them back to back. I would, no, yeah, I would give it some it space. Definitely give it some space. Um, uh, who's that author really... that's also, his last name is Brown, and he should be like thanking the heavens that he's Dale. Dale, Dale Brown. Brown. Dale I Brown. I mean, if that guy has any... If that yeah. guy is a successful writer, I mean, he writes a lot. Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders, is it because he gets shelved right next to Dan Brown? And it people could are like, be. what was that writer They're again? different. I mean, Dale Brown tends to do um, like espionage and military thrillers. Yeah. But, you but know, I'm I've, sure there's, a, there's a decent crossover. I saw just like Dale Brown next That's to two Dan letters Brown. off. Yeah. And I was just looking. I was like, wow, Dan Brown's written a lot of books. Yeah. And I was shelving them at, at working at a library. So right. like, you do know. I, do I need to be checking your work? Should I, should I be checking no, your shelf? I've never checked any adult books here. Oh, okay. You've shelved adult books here. I've seen you do it. Only sci-fi. We moved that whole room together. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. When you first came? Yeah. That was fun. We did it in like a day. I'll shelve a comic Big book deal. in the adult section. Sure. You will. Okay. I've got it. I'm emotionally invested in that. All right. Good. 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 <laughs> I'm watching that and, thing. Any run. new additions to the graphic novel collection that you want to give a shout out to over here? To the adult graphic novel section? Yeah. Besides Conan? we got a yeah. lot of X-Men. Okay. I ordered a bunch of X-Men. Extraordinary X-Men. Amazing X-Men. All right. X-Men Messiah Complex. Good. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, which, my friend, you, know, you were all sorry. like, oh, boy, X-Men Days of Future Past, really uh-huh. rever- relevant if this yeah. was 2014. Yeah. Uh, it checked out as soon as I put it on the shelf. Good for you. The day of. Congratulations, so You know man. what? Hey, I just want everybody to succeed. <laughs> not a, yeah. Not the rising tide rises all ships. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. All right. What were you about to say? I was just going to say, I'm kind of surprised that they've never adapted any of these books into a graphic novel, mm. because... I mean the, the imagery and everything. It seems like it would it would be a good fit. Yeah. But and they had apparently adapted to everything, including like footy pajamas and a PlayStation yeah. Two game. So yeah. why not? Sure. All right. So I guess we're gonna close the book on uh, that. Mom, I wanted a Super Mario Sunshine. So Steve's. So real quick, favorite favorite of the books. Angels and Demons. All right. I'm gonna go Lost Symbol. Favorite Ooh. of the movies. Angels and Demons. I agree. And book you'd recommend. <laughs> Angels and Demons. Sorry. All right. Then I'm going to say Da Vinci Code. So that that's it on our, on our Dan Brown talk. Eric, anything to add? You're going to you're going to run right out and read the YA version of The Da Vinci sure Code. Am, yeah. yeah. Or Dale Brown. Yeah, one of the two. Or Doc. Brown. Or Doc. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Marty. All right. Well, thanks Steve. Thanks for joining My us. Get out of here. Yeah, no. Oh, no, stay. He's going to stick around. Yeah. All right. Let's talk library news for a minute. Okay. I can tell you that I have my first concert of the year coming up. Amanda Cox, Sharon Johnson, uh, Amanda's uh, mezzo-soprano. Uh, Sharon plays the piano. They do they it's a great. They're really good together. Um, really a unique to the library here. I don't I don't know that we've had this style before. So, I would really recommend coming. It's it's Thursday, February 9th at 7 o'clock. Hope you'll join us. Uh, what movies do we have coming up? We're showing Nomeo and Juliet for Valentine's Day. We're showing that on the 13th Great. at 3.30. The 13th. We're showing, yeah, we're showing the classic uh, Cinderella from 1950 uh, on Saturday the 18th. That's okay. at 10.30 a.m. Yeah. And then our senior movie is Roman Holiday coming up on Holiday. whatever that Tuesday is. It's, the senior movies are always the fourth Tuesday of the month. So that's going to be right on the 28th at 2 o'clock. You know, you know who doesn't need a Roman holiday right now? Who? Pope Cop. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Book clubs currently finishing up. Um, Underground, oh, Railroad. Underground Railroad. Thank you by Colson Whitehead. Next will be The Nest by Cynthia Diaper Sweeney. Did you get your copies for that? I think most of the book club has their copies now. Okay. Yeah, 
It was it was rough going. Yeah. And as we mentioned, Pelican Brief is what uh, Page Turners is doing. Yeah. Next, with that, we're going to switch back to Julia Spencer Fleming for Fountain Filled with Blood. Because! In preparation of her visit here to the library on March 31st. So, hope you'll join us for those. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the teen programs, including the new Teen Loft, or The Loft. It's a secret. Oh. Well, I haven't I'm, told anybody. I'm sorry I've that I... have been hanging up there by myself. You really shouldn't. Really? It's really for pe- other for people to enjoy. No, I've, oh. I've already moved a couch up there for myself. Okay, I've I moved my dog in. Okay, my dog is up there right now. Really? Yeah, I gotta Think, walk him. Things not going so well at home for my dog. That, no, for you. If you're, no, I'm, we're, if you're fi- living, we're fine. No, oh, okay. Just everybody right. needs their own little loft. All right, including our teens. So what do we got going on? We've got Minecraft Mondays three to five every Monday. That's for the younger crowd, eight to that twelve. Is for the is younger that... crowd. If you're eighteen, get out of there. Get it's out not for you. Get Go play right Minecraft out. at home. Yeah. Or you know, get a group on Meetup.com. And yeah. Or use any of our iPads. That's true. Um, hmm. Let's see. I've been Anime Club. A bunch of Anime Wednesday Club nights. every Wednesday, 530 to 7.30. That is in our new Teen Loft. Woo! That is on the third floor of the library. It's super cool. Teens only, plus myself. I yeah. get to enjoy the space as well. Yeah, because you Because I'm uh, the youth leader. What do we call me? What's my you, job? Head, head of Youth head Services. Of youth services. Yeah. <laughs> the youth leader. Yeah, after you called yourself youth leader, I, I've lost a little yeah. bit. But. Um, it's cool. We got, uh, we watched anime up there. It's it's spacious. Space, more spacious than where we were. Uh, we don't have to move everything around. It's just for the teens, so nice. it's their own space. We got them decorating some stuff right now to hang around and everything. It's cool. They all enjoyed it. They all acted like it was the coolest thing in the world when they got up there, and it wasn't even finished. Nice. So... Um, and then on, no, I guess that's it. We're, we're planning to do our teen photo show. We're prepping that. Okay. Uh, more information to come. Great. We've got an anti-Valentine's Day party oh. on Valentine's. That's Tuesday, the 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring a friend, not a date. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, bring a date. I'm, you're gone. Okay. You Wait, you're supposed to bring a date? No, you're not. Oh, okay. No, don't bring a date. Oh, bring a date. We got a bouncer that. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like, hey, you two together? That's the bouncer. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. I think that's it. We've All got right. other Sounds stuff good. coming. Our next teen, our next after, after school movie is not till the end of the month. But we just okay. showed middle school and we had a good crowd. Nice. Middle school, the worst years of our life. Based so, on Jimmy P. And now it's in our collection, so you can check it out anytime. Yes, the next you movie can. we are showing for that is Trolls. Okay. Nick gave that uh, thumbs one down. thumb up. I gave it a thumbs down. But two thumbs down? Yeah. Yep. Both thumbs. Yep. Okay. Uh, my wife is a music teacher, and she's doing um, "Can't Stop the" or was the song the big song like oh, I, got, yeah. I got a feeling. Yeah, Steve in got my it. Pocket. Can't stop the feeling. Yeah, she's helping uh, her cool. younger crowd is going to be singing that. Kids love trolls. Yeah, so I, it must be something that just doesn't click. I think my man. kid's too young. Yeah, and so it just wasn't it wasn't fun to watch. Did your kid but... see Sing? No, he didn't. You saw it though, didn't I you, did. Steve? That was very good. Thumbs we're gonna up. Be showing that, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. We're showing that. In, the first week of April. Cool. Um, and we do have the soundtrack in the in the juvenile yeah. Very good. So, section. But you didn't All right. see it. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we're going to be talking about Nicholas Sparks. We're going to be talking about Lemony Snicket. we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So send... you doing anything this weekend that you should talk about? No. You're not going to see the Lego Batman movie? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I was doing a thing, though, before you started that. Sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. So <laughs> send send your thoughts on, uh, what what is it, Lemony Snicket and Nicholas Sparks. You can find us on Twitter at All the Book Show, Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library, email at wellsville at stls.org, uh, or you can just uh, just come here, knock Today on the is, library door, Today's like an out. impromptu national vote for 
review your favorite podcast day or something. Is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, then you can review us. Reviewing us on iTunes is a good way to like let other people find us, help us know where to find us. So if you like the show, I really will help if you just take a minute to rate it, or you can just share the share it on Twitter, share it on share Facebook, the love. whatever. Send more yeah. people our way. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to our guests, my brother Steve, for his historic fourth outing here on the podcast. We'll have, yeah. We'll have to snatch him next time he's in town for another episode. Yeah. Uh, until uh, then, go ahead. What? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. I just want everybody to know. Oh, so when you asked me if I was doing anything this yeah, weekend, that was I just did. a yeah, way for you I to talk you about seeing the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, about, what about okay. you? No, no. I was just trying to end the show, but you never want me to do it, so... I just have such a good time. I know you I do. just wonder. I, it's, it's I want infectious. my listeners That's to be great. super jelly. Well, send any uh, send any uh, thoughts you have on the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, your your wife is going to be our guest on the next show, so you both can tell us all about it. Yeah. I won't be able to oh, tell you true. about yes, it. that's true. Yes, my wife, Kendra, will be here. For the she's, next our, she's our resident Nicholas Sparks expert, so sure she'll be joining she's us. Been, she's been reading hardcore. We'll have to... We'll, yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll see when she's on the show. We'll but, grill her. We'll grill her. Yeah. All right, so we'll talk about Nicholas Sparks and the Red Hot Chili Peppers next time. <laughs> we'll see you then. Yeah.